Every time I think of Dustin Bufflin, I think about when he grabbed those two knights, and I'm just like, like me and my insecurities, get us straight. (laughs) (laughs) Or just drag me around like that. That would be fine, too. Okay, everybody. um, Welcome back to Where's My Stick? My name is Christy. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Danielle. Okay, so something that we really liked doing last time we recorded was our, like, little rapid-fire <laughs> topics, because we usually miss a lot, and we don't have time. So, for today, we're going to try that again, and who wants to go first? I have my hat. I'll go first. Okay. So, I'll just pick one. So, Danielle, your topic is... Dougie Hamilton hate. Oh, okay. So, um, a couple of games ago, the Carolina Hurricanes, they did like an homage to the Whalers. Um, and so they were wearing all the Whalers. They were wearing Whalers jerseys, but with the current Carolina Hurricane players, um, numbers. And so Dougie Hamilton for Carolina oh, wears number 19. And so in the Whalers, number 19 is retired. Um, so <laughs> when he wore that number, everyone was complaining about it and uh, unfortunately I forget the guy's name that like went off about it but um he was really upset about Dougie Hamilton wearing um number 19 but the thing about it is that uh I just didn't really understand was that I mean I get it for the whalers that that number was retired but for the Carol- the hurricanes it wasn't so what is Dougie supposed to do not wear his number for a de- a, a game or or for two games because they're actually do- wearing the the those jerseys in Boston when they play them in Boston so like, you can't just expect a player to not wear a number for one game or that just doesn't make any sense so um so yeah, I, that just brought up Dougie Hamilton gets a lot of hate. I don't know why people don't like him. I don't understand like why he gets so much hate just around the league and even with his teams, like in Boston and then in Calgary and then now he's getting hate in Carolina. It's more fans hating him than like the team or like organization. So why do people hate Dougie Hamilton? I don't get it. He's sweet. Sweet. I don't get it either. <laughs> My time's up. (laughs) (laughs) So so next up, Kelsey. Oh, no. Okay, so all-star captains. Oh, okay. All right. So the four captains for the NHL all-star game have been announced. There's Austin Matthews for the Atlantic, Alex Ovechkin for the Metropolitan, Nathan McKinnon for the Central, and Connor McDavid for Edmonton. Um, Pretty solid choices all around. I... We'll note that Alex Ovechkin is the only one over 23, um, which was kind of surprising for me to read. But, um, yeah, the fan vote. Um, I also was reading that the uh, All-Star game, they're going to do something else where you get to where the fans will also get to vote on a player to make the teams, which I thought was really interesting. But, um, yeah, we're still waiting to see who is going to get chosen from all the different teams. And I think that it'll be very exciting. I wasn't surprised that these were the captains. I know a lot of people were, like, mad that Austin got named the Atlantic captain and not, like, Eichel or something. But I'm not surprised. And I feel like no one else should be either. I don't know if it's more, like, were people surprised or were they just like, what? 
Why yeah, because I guess he's he's been injured a lot this season. I mean, uh, yeah, and he was like. He has, like, a lot of goals, but, like, fuck him. Toronto just gets everything. Like, that's it. Like, as soon as they even get a little, a whiff of being good, like, it's just everyone's entrenched in them. (laughs) Do you think that, like, it's strange that these are all, like, stars? Like, I mean, I get that that's part of the voting process, but would you rather have seen, like, some other players stepping up and being... I I do wish that it's not always kind of, like, the same people that get picked. Like, it's, like, I wish that it was more, like, people having really good seasons for themselves rather than, like, oh, this player is, like, a star. Yeah. I Do you mean, like, just as the captains or in general? Um, mostly as captains, but, okay. I mean, in general, too. I think yeah. that sometimes, like, players that or having a spectacular season get overlooked because they're not, like, the star power on their team. Yeah. yeah. No, I definitely... I th- Then I agree. I agree in both parts. Like, it would be cool to see someone unknown... Not unknown, but kind of unknown to the rest of us become a captain of this because... It's fun. Know, it could be cool. Yeah, it could be cool. It could be fun if something different happens, but if it's something that we all know. People are like, oh, why did Austin Matthew get it? And, like, why not Jack Eichel? But what if Jess Skinner was the captain? For Buffalo, yeah, that would be so cool because he's so having sweet. an insane year, yeah. and it's just like that would be cool. And he's from Toronto. I just, I don't know. I thought that'd be cool. But that's like that falls on like the fans. Yeah, since yeah. We're well, captains. I was just gonna say I don't really know who all was on the like voting. Yeah. Was it just Ryden? No, mm-hmm. it was. They give you like uh, a, a group, like you you pick out a four because I remember with uh with um Buffalo it was like Ristolainen, and Eichel, Skinner, or. Um, um, Darlene, I, th- I think. Um, but it, I I say all this, but I don't vote for any of the teams. Like I I've never voted, so I'm like I'm like those people that are like shut up, you can't say anything, you didn't vote. So I I'm, I'm just gonna shut up. But yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is my turn. Okay, so Dustin Bufflin's injury. <laughs> so literally yesterday, Dustin Bufflin, he was. He, like, rolled his ankle, I think. So now he's projected to be out about four weeks, and then they're going to look, they're going to reevaluate after the All-Star break. And as a Winnipeg Jets fan, this hurts me personally (laughs) because, like, he does so much for the Jets, and he does take a lot of penalty minutes, but the Jets' defense is already suspect, and without Dustin on it, it's even more suspect and they're kind of on like a little mini losing streak right now and this is like the last thing that they need so yeah this sucks and he's like old what What happened it was like um who did they even play yesterday minnesota yes okay (laughs) so minnesota and it was like a jets fan maybe it was was like it was like it was like two. I forget the players, but I can like I'm like looking at and seeing the play in my head, and it was like two people, and he kind of fell down awkwardly, and it looked like he rolled his ankle a little bit. So that kind of sucks because he was out earlier this season with a concussion, and he's just been getting injured a lot. And it's just like he's older, so it might take him longer to heal. It's like oh. Sorry, Dustin. We're hoping you get well soon. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's sweet. Okay. 
Every time I think of Dustin Bufflin, I think about when he grabbed those two <laughs> yes. nights, and I'm just like, oh, like me and my insecurities. Get us straight, Dustin, please. <laughs> or just drag me around like that. That would be fine. Or that's that's fine as well. Danielle, this is yours. Oh, is it mine? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So okay. it's Brock Buster and his, his mini documentary. Okay. So um, I don't know... I'm so unprepared. I'm so sorry. I don't know what it was for. If it was just like a documentary on like one of the top players or the top up and coming players, but the like Sportsnet did like um, what is it called building Brock. So they just like go and talk to like some of the people like in his life. See, they interviewed his mom, his dad, his brother. I don't know if you guys know his one of his best friends. Two two of his best friends got in a car accident and like one died, and then one was like seriously injured and it was while he was overseas like playing for team usa and so uh, they talked about that they talked about him and bailey and so bailey is this girl who like um dm'd him on instagram and asked him if he would take her to prom and then he was like like yeah sure i'll like take you to prom i've never been to prom so sure i'll take you and so they interviewed her and they interviewed her mom and like her mom was just her mom's like just like in all of Brock because like he's such a good person because Bailey has I want to say she has um down syndrome I'm not sure I don't want to say I don't know what's what but she has one one of those type of syndromes um and so her mom was just like um to see someone treat your daughter the way that you see her is just so like beautiful as a mom and like it's just they just go in to say like there's so many different things Brock is such a good person like and they talked to his college coach and um his college coach was saying that all of the team when he played would say like Brock's not like other hockey players he, he hangs out with everybody he hangs out with just people that he likes like whereas normally hockey players just hang out with hockey players Brock really hangs out with anyone and so um and you can kind of see that in the way that like the different friends that talk about him because not all of them are hockey play- hockey players but uh he's just really genuine he's a really good guy and this is coming from me someone who did not like Brock Messer because he scores all of his hat tricks against Pittsburgh and like when they were replaying a lot of the stuff <laughs> they, they showed his hat trick against Pittsburgh like twice and I was just like Jesus and then like somehow he scored like two goals against Pittsburgh I think this year too because they played it wasn't Murray and that so I was just like geez like I guess you're welcome I guess Brock but yeah anyway building Brock is really good it's on YouTube if you want to watch it He's a good. He's a good bean. Mm-hmm. He is. He does look sweet, but he also looks like he would ruin my life. So I try to keep my distance. <laughs> yeah. Like he. He looks like he would friend zone me, which is equivalent to ruining yeah. my life. So that's fine. He adopted so, that puppy at the All Star game. And did he okay, so but do you follow him on Instagram? Oh, did he? I didn't see that. Would you say the car that he won at the All Star game? Didn't he give it to? His- yeah, he gave it to his sister. His there's his sister. His mom was talking about it. There's something that his sister has like some type of um, mental disability, and so she was saying that I think that's why he he saw how men- how many uh, he saw all the things that his sister couldn't do, and like she was never really invited to go out with friends and stuff like that. So he feels like he sees that, and that's why he's so like accepting of everybody because he's like, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but his mom was talking about it, and it was just like. This kid, I, like, enough! Talk, I wish I did not know this information. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Kelsey, Sorry. Kelsey, you're up next. Okay. Your topic is Wilson, well, Tom Wilson's fight with Jamie Alexiak. Oh. K. Odin. Okay. Um, 
So a few games ago, I don't know exactly how many, but uh, it was the first game that Tom Wilson was playing this year against the Penguins. And um, as expected, things got a little bit feisty, I think, within like the first five minutes of the game. Um, Jamie elected 30 seconds in. 30 seconds in? Yeah. 30 seconds. Um, (laughs) I was there. Blink and you miss it, but um, yeah. Tom Wilson and Jamie Alexiak fought. Um, it didn't go in Jamie Alexiak's favor. Um, he took a pretty nasty punch and went down. Um, ended up getting a concussion, and he's been out a handful of games since. Um, per the Penguins, he's good now. But yeah, I mean, um, I was at Jim Rutherford, I think made a statement last year, I think maybe after the Aston Reese incident, or maybe even before that, that Tom Wilson couldn't get away from Jamie Alexiak fast enough, um, which I thought was funny. And I wish I want them to fight again, because I feel like Jamie can do much better. This was just like a fluke. (laughs) (laughs) I agree, though, because Jamie has like 10 inches on him. Why can't like just sit on him? Well, so I saw it live. It literally was blink and you miss it. Like, it started, and then we're like, all right, here we go. Then we look over, we're like, what the fuck is going no. on? It literally, like, Jamie, I don't know, because they both had their gloves off. I don't want to say it was a sucker punch, but I don't know. Wilson just, his helmet came off, so that he was, like, distracted by his helmet, and then Wilson just went into town. And it was the worst game I've ever been to in D.C. in my life. Okay, my turn. I have... Oh, um, Dave Haxall being fired and Carter Hart. So Dave Haxall finally, finally, finally was fired. Um, and within, I want to say, two, three, okay, at most a week of the new coach, Carter Hart was recalled. He was um, brought up. And I think the Haxall firing was long overdue. Like, he was really bad, and hopefully, not hopefully, but the t- the Flyers look like they're doing better without him. Carter Hart, like, I know everyone was kind of hesitant of him being brought up so early, but I think he's, like, 2-1 and one or 2-2 two and two or something like that. Like, his numbers haven't been too bad. So, yeah, this is bad for everyone else who's not a Flyers fan, but I guess the Flyers have, like, hope or whatever. It's just like it's just terrible for me, but yeah. Can I just say one thing? Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so Carter Hart. Okay, so Sunday it was rumors saying that Dave Hacksaw was fired. Quinn was Quinville was in. Carter Hart was called, knew he was coming up that day, but then the the flight ended because it was the Flyers played a horrible game against Vancouver. The flight ended. Hacksaw was like, um, Hacksaw was like. Every word we'll get word on Brian Elliott. Nothing's changed. Like I don't know what you guys want me to say. Like I'll see you guys at practice tomorrow. Apparently, he went to the new GM Fletcher and was like, "Give me your confidence that I'm gonna still be the coach till the end of the season." Um. So and then like you know, like I'll be like, you know just give me your vote of confidence. And Fletcher couldn't, so then he was fired the next day. So, but just to, I only say this to say that Carter Hart was called up Sunday. We were all terrified because we thought that Carter Hart would have to play with Hackstall, who runs his goalies into the ground. That's why we, were, we have six goalies this season. But he was fired the next day, and then the Gordon, the 
Phantom's Coach came out. Oh, another thing. How leaky and, like, weird his firing went. They were like, he's fired and Quenville's hired. But then they were like, no, 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 Quenville's not fired. He's in, like, Colorado golfing or whatever. And then, <laughs> and, then, and then it was like, oh, no, he is fired. But they did hire Quenville. And I, was, it was, I know it wasn't, I forget her name. I think her name is Steph. Yeah, and I think it wasn't, like, her fault that it kind of got, like, messy, but, like, it was, like, what the heck is going on? But, yeah. I mean, she was one of the first to, her and Dave Isaac were one of the first to report on it. It's just so funny because every the biggest thing about Hacksaw that the internal Philadelphia, like, organization didn't like is that he was so tight-lipped about it, everything, and they felt like it wasn't, like, a family atmosphere, and then as soon as he leaves, like, the first any type of little whispers, like, it's all <laughs> out there. And, like, Steph said that her source said, like, this is what's going to happen. And I don't think her and Dave have the same source. But I think what happened was that Quinville wanted to be the coach, would probably want to coach after the holidays. And the fact that it got leaked before the holidays. And then Dave Hacksaw said, like, he wasn't going to get fired until Quinville, like, legit said he wanted to be the coach. But the fact that um, uh, Hacksaw said, like, I want to make sure I want to make like give me your vote of confidence that I'll be the coach um, until the end of the season. And Fletcher said he couldn't like he couldn't do it. That's why. So I think the the reason I feel like it all would have shook out the way that Steph said if it didn't get out. Does that make that sense? Make sense. Yeah. Okay. So moving on, Danielle's next topic is Trevor Daly's one thousandth one thousandth game. Oh my gosh! Okay, so Trevor Daly, the sun, the moon, the stars, um, plays for the Detroit Red Wings. He played his 1,000th, 1,000th game against the, the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto, where he's from. So this is like a big night um, for him all around. They played in Toronto. Unfortunately, they lost in overtime, I believe. They got a point, it was OT. He got a point. Yeah, the the Detroit Red Wings got a point, but they failed him. I can't believe that Toronto did that. But um, I'm trying to... I'm going to pull up Daly's stats because we got to give him a shout-out. If you don't know, Trevor Daly played with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and he's a two-time Stanley Cup champion. And he's just, like, he's so sweet. He's such a good locker room guy. And, like... I just, like, remember that vi- that video of him and Brian Dublin saying that they poured some out for, like, the injured defenseman. And they pour out Red Bull because <laughs> they drink a Red Bull before the game. And it's literally just, like, the sweetest thing. Okay. So, Trevor Daly. So, currently, right now, he's played 100, I mean, 1,002 games. He has 89 goals, 211 assists for 300 points. That's not bad. And he was drafted in 2002 to the Dallas Stars in the second round. He was a 13th pick, 43rd overall. Wait, so, yeah. he was a 13th pick? In the second round. Oh. Shout out to Daly's two kids, too. They're so sweet. Oh, my gosh. Remember the, when the, son... little boy, the little boy was like he was happy to play with Cullen's kids? Yes. And they go to school with them because it felt like he had brothers? Good night. Like, goodbye. Didn't they give him the cup first because his mom wanted to see him raise the cup? Mom was battling cancer, I believe. Yeah. In the hospital. Uh, Sid gave uh, De- uh, Trevor the cup. And she, like, and Trevor was, like, hurt. So that's what he was kind of, he was saying, like, in an interview, it was kind of, like, 
a blessing in disguise because he got to spend the last three weeks with his mom or the last two weeks with his mom because he had like a broken ankle mm-hmm. um, in the fir- during the first cup. And so when he skated around with it, he was just so thankful she got to see it because she told him when she was in like in the hospital, like, you better go win that cup. And then the second year, he was like, remember when Crystal Tang was hurt and like Daly was like a big part of the defense, bad or good, we're not talking about it, he was a big part of the defense. And he felt like that, the second cup was really like him earning, working for the cup. Because he felt like the first one, he didn't really earn it because he was hurt. Mm-hmm. But he was like, now he was like in the trenches with the boys oh, and like... And and the stars gave him a video, which is really sweet. The the what? The stars when um, oh, yeah, the yeah, Red Wings yeah, yeah. went back to play the stars. They gave him a little video. It's just like oh. I like wish we gave him a video. I know uh, Pittsburgh didn't like, not like his like welcome back video or like thank you, but just like his one thousandth video, just like some penguin stuff. But they they didn't even give Daniel Sprong a video, so no comment. <laughs> No comment. Shade. Okay, Kelsey. Oh. This is your topic. Um, Nick Foligno taking a leave of absence. Okay. So um, it was literally just announced that Nick Foligno will be taking a leave of absence from the Blue Jackets. Um, his daughter, who has had health troubles throughout her entire life, um, she was born with a heart defect. Um, and then had surgery when she was much younger. And then um, it's just she needs another surgery. Though It's not confirmed that um, it is connected to that. But she just has to undergo surgery in Boston. So he's stepping away from the team to um, be there for her and his family. And hopefully everything goes smoothly. Hopefully she recovers quickly and completely. And he can return whenever it's good for him and his family. He's like the he's like the player that I like the most. Who I know like his stats aren't that good, but I just think that he's like he's like really nice. He's like a really nice person, and I wish Melania the best, and like I hope she pulls through. Yeah, because that yeah that really sucks. Cause she's like five or six, I believe. Like she's really young to be having to go through all of that. I mean, I know it's like the like bottom bottom step but i don't know i appreciate i guess the uh, blue jackets being so gracious and so like supportive of him as he Mm -hmm. goes forward to this but like what are they gonna say no (laughs) like (laughs) actually you can't go (laughs) to be with your wife and your daughter while she's having this life-altering surgery yeah (laughs) oh but i think i think torts is like good with that like He's very family dogs, <laughs> so I think he'd be cool with it. <laughs> I hope she like pulls through. I hope everything works out because I didn't know. Like, yeah, this is the first time I'm hearing this about his daughter, so that has to just be like I can't even imagine as like a parent going through that. And luckily, they have like money to pay for that sort of stuff. So I think like after her first surgery, they donated a lot of money to like the hospital that helped him out to like, maybe help out other families which I thought was really sweet yeah. but yeah I just love their family like um, yes. his wife I think has suffered from like eating disorders and has always been like very outspoken and very like conscientious and reaching out to um, other people and organizations they're just a sweet little family am I gonna stop crying about like Nick Foligno and his family <laughs> It's like they're so sweet. And Danielle's like, eh. I didn't know. I did not do that. 
<laughs> I've been so sweet during this time. I've not said anything mean. I would never say anything mean. That's, like, I don't like the blue jackets, but I would never want anyone's like family or no, no, you're just wife like, mm. or kids to be. It's like, no, I, would, like, I don't mind. Like, I mean, I have the blue jackets blocked on Twitter. Like, I don't like them. Um, but I'm not going to wish that anything bad happens to their family. I hope, like, I hope everything works out because I can't imagine. Just, like, from just, like, what i um been through in my family. Like, my grandma said that losing a child is one of the worst things you can have as a parent. So I would never wish that on anybody. And I hope, I hope you know, I hope everything works out. Because that's, that's scary. Yeah. They said that after he announced it at practice, everyone tapped their sticks and then it was a big group hug. Yeah. Because he's a hugger. Yeah. So hopefully they give him all that stuff. Okay, so... Last topic is Eric Carlson's hit slash suspension. So I don't know. I like know like very little about this. I barely know who he hit, but I know he got suspended. So Eric Carlson, he got suspended two days for a hit on what's his name? Austin Wagner. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like two games is good because like. Carlson's not really a dirty player. It was a kind of suspect hit. So, and if the NHL wants to be consistent, like, he's not someone, Carlson isn't someone who has, like, a history. But if you want to get these hits out of the game, you do need to suspend them. I mean, like, penalize them, even though he's not, like, Tom Wilson out here. So I thought it was, like, good for the NHL to, like, suspend him for two games. And, yeah, that's really it. The NHL did something right which is shocking yeah I mean I watching the hit I don't necessarily think that it was I definitely don't think it was intentional I think that it was very unfortunate um it looked shoulder to shoulder to me but you know I agree um with what Chrissy said in that if the league wants to take steps to remove the more dangerous plays then they have a responsibility to um discipline players who sometimes make more dangerous decisions so I was good with that, um, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I actually saw the the replay of it. I didn't see the actual game, but the replay of it looks, it was, like, it, it was unintentional. The player was, like, coming at him. I was, I was completely shocked that he got two games because it just looked like he, like, went to look behind his shoulder and then the guy's head hit his shoulder. And the guy was, like, hunched over skating forward. Yeah. So it's, like, I mean... You know how everyone says like you have to have your head up. Like if you're skating forward, you should be you should have your head up and know. So I don't know. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just to me it just didn't seem like it was two games worthy, especially because Carlson's not a dirty player. But I mean, if they're gonna be this consistent, I just hope they stay because like the the NHL's player safety will do something really like intense and we're all like oh okay like if as long as this is the like the minimum like this is like yeah like all right and then something like that intentionally happens and then you're just like wait but that should be two games and they're like oh we'll just give them an eight thousand dollar fine and we're just like what so as, as long as they're consistent that's all i'm asking for is consistency so that we can kind of get some type of understanding yeah and in the grand scheme of things two games out of 82 like is it really gonna hurt the sharks that much or Carlson that much, like, I feel like it's not that long. But we're also not used to the NHL actually suspending people for a really long time, so two games looks like a lot. I agree. 
But now he has it on his record. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> his permanent like, you ever see like in school when like the smart good kid gets in trouble and they're just like, well, wait, these there's like bad kids that get in trouble, like that deserve to get in trouble, but like this smart kid has to be yeah. made an example of. Like that's kind of how I feel. But like whatever, I'm not mad about it. Okay, I think what makes what why I think why I'm mad about it is that. I know they're not going to be consistent moving forward. So we're going to mm. see hits like this and nothing's going to happen. And it's just going to be frustrating, but what can you do? So moving on with, well, world juniors. So have you guys been watching it? No, I've been following along. I haven't unfortunately been able to watch. I watched a little bit of the USA game last night, but mm. I've been I've been working like crazy and then trying to watch like regular games and world juniors games. It just yeah. hasn't worked out for me. The time doesn't. I don't know where I like, I just want to listen to the games, but I have like, there's, I don't think you can't let like, Ethan listen, which kind of sucks, which is like, you could listen to the Canadian games. Cause like TSN radio, you could listen to the Canadian games, but I'm like, I'm not trying to listen to the Canadian games. I want to hear about team USA. Maybe if like ESPN was doing it, you could probably, but I've been, I've been getting my links and <laughs> yeah, I'm saying so that you're the I've world juniors expert. I've only watched like two USA games because yesterday I was like, I'm going to sleep. I've seen too much hockey today. It was um, actually a really good game, and it was Sweden too. And I like Sweden. I was just like, <laughs> you're fake. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I want to try Kona jersey so bad. I they're so pretty. They are. I, which I'm one to like find one a Sweden a Swedish I, jersey. I want a, the blue, and I can't find it. I can find the yellow, but I don't want the yellow. I just want, like, a shirt or something, because oh. I think they're so nice. Yeah. Anyway, so here's how the groups are split up. So group A, leading group A is Canada with nine points, and then you have Russia with six, Switzerland with four, Czech Republic with two, and poor Denmark with zero. And then Group B, we have Sweden leading with eight points, the U.S. leading with seven, not leading, second with seven, Finland with six, six, Kazakhstan with zero, and Slovakia with zero. So my question for you guys is who do you guys think has, like, the easier, like, group to, like, to move on towards the championship, like Group A or Group B? Um, I'd say Group A for sure. Yes. See, I was gonna say B. I think I think Sweden is good, Finland's good, and USA is good, and they all have to fight each other. Whereas, like in Group A, it's just Canada and Russia, in my opinion. Yeah, and Czech could be sneaky. They could be, but I I don't think they're any. They're not. They have at most like five good players, whereas Canada, Russia have like. Nine, or like Canada, like all of them, and yep. Russia, like nine or ten. What um, what's like win loss overtime loss? What's the fourth? Oh, okay. So this okay. So it's wins. You get three points. Overtime win. You get two points. Overtime loss. You get one point, and then a loss. You get zero points. So the fourth one would be loss <laughs> losses. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's kind of confusing, but I guess I agree in that group. I think Canada has like the easier road to like winning, and I wonder how 
who decides how they're going to split up the groups. Because this is, this is, um, this is not fair. Why does Canada have, like, the easier, the easier, (laughs) the easier group? (laughs) Though group B has two people, two countries with zero points. So, like, maybe? Um, I am very glad to see some new faces, but I am stunned that there's a team from Kazakhstan. <laughs> I don't, like, this sounds horrible. I don't even know where that is. Um, Europe. Europe. Oh, no. Okay. I mean, I figured, but, like... <laughs> Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, Kazakhstan. Yeah, they're, like, together. But they're where, not. But they're like, not. where is that? They're by Jordan. Russia? Oh, okay. Okay. Um, you said by Georgia? No. No. Georgia is a country. Yeah, no, no, I know. I know I, I know someone from Georgia. That's oh. why I was like, and then when you said Russia, I was like, oh, okay, I, I know where that is. Was like but near like, Russia. They are all those people. I wonder how come Norway doesn't have its team? I've actually thought about that. There aren't even that many players, like, from Norway. Zuccarello. I heard they one. have to, like, do, they like, all these smaller teams have to, like, compete to get, even get into this. I know, yeah. that's why I- I always feel badly for Denmark. <laughs> they tried so hard. Is that wait? Is Denmark the coach that I remember last year when he was like, "Are you kidding me? Like, we're just happy to be here." No, that was like, Switzerland. Who... Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I, lo- I can't. I can't. I have to find. I have to watch them because I love that guy. He was like, "They have nine like first round picks. We have two. Like, I know. I know. He was like, he was like, we have one third round. Like, <laughs> and they're like, you're so like candid. You know, like he's like, what am I gonna lie to them for? I was like, oh my uh-huh. god, yes. I wonder about Germany. I wish someone would be like that in my life. I think Germany doesn't have a team. That's actually well. I mean, Tommy Kunak was already in the NHL, so that's <laughs> true. <laughs> They, they made it, so. Yeah, like, I don't know. Canada is just not fair, and it's annoying. But I feel like Team USA, I think I think they're good, but I also think when they play against teams that are even remotely good, they kind of, like, they lose sight of themselves. Like, I don't know, like, with when when I saw that they had to play Switzerland, I was just like, oh, my gosh, they're going to lose. <laughs> they're going to lose. Because they can score in bunches, but it's legit bunches. Like, one person has a hat trick and another person has a hat trick. It's not, like, spread out like like Canada is, I guess. Yeah. I, I will say I don't think Team USA is as good as, um, as we all think. I think... Uh... It's it's weird because like even though like the development system in T- in US and USA hockey is so much better, we still are like, that great grime underdog theme. It just just seems like with USA games, the ones that really matter, they're always like coming from behind or like, barely holding on to a lead, and <laughs> like, they're really not that good. But if they win, it's oh my god, they won because of like hard work and determination, and these boys never gave up. And it's just, like yeah. That's y'all really suck. Like y'all need to get better. Last night's game, okay. Ron, what's his name? Ryan Poling, who all the Flyers prospects. The only reason why I know a lot about Team, team USA is because of Flyers. 
But all of their prospects love him. They always tag him on Instagram. This is ridiculous. But anyway, like, okay, he scores a hat trick in the last 10 minutes of the game. But what happened to the la- the first 50? Every No one was like, working together. I don't know. It just doesn't seem, there's no co- cohesive play. Like, whereas, like, Sweden, they all play with the structure and within the structure. And they are really, like, their defensive game is good. And they're, um, they're not making so many, like, hope plays. They're making fast plays to get into the neutral zone and, and get into the offensive zone and to score. Whereas, like, USA is like, oh, let me dip and dabble, and then the, the puck gets poked off my stick, and there's the rush the other way. So, I mean, uh, granted, this is me just watching 30 minutes of a game last night. <laughs> but <laughs> just with Team USA in general, like, I just feel like it. Like, even just following them, because I've been following some of, like, Jack Hughes's story, like, him and Quinn, and, like, just their play, like, sometimes they'll be, they'll win, but they'll be, like, down four, and they come back and win it. Why can't you play with the lead, It's especially against these really good teams? I don't know. They need the motivation. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I wonder, though, like, since the whole, like, miracle on ice thing, I feel like USA teams have been built on that, like... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, like, the underdog, and it's really, actually really annoying, because I feel like, um... USA, we have been developing, like, a lot of good skill guys, and we do have, like, the talent to actually compete with them, but we're not showcasing it, and we're not, like, putting it out there that we can score in bunches, and we can, maybe we would have beat Denmark, like, 25 to 0, I'm like, (laughs) but (laughs) we don't pick those people on our teams, so it's not, like, an option, Okay, which is annoying. I saw some takes on this on um, Twitter and also from Don Cherry, who like whatever. But <laughs> do you think do you think you should run up the score like that against a team like Denmark? I mean, I felt really bad for Denmark to be honest. I mean, but maybe if like the fact that they had zero and they kept scoring, maybe they couldn't help it. But if Denmark was coming back and then they were like they pulled back a little bit. If Denmark, if it was like five to two, and Denmark was like, okay, we can do this, and then they were like actually like playing more aggressively, and then Canada ran up the score, I would have been like, okay, this makes sense. But it was yeah. like thirteen zero, right? Fourteen. Like, oh, fourteen. Oh my gosh, I felt so bad for them. Like that's not even fun anymore. Yeah, but I mean, I guess like, how do you tell your team to like take it easy? Like that's yeah. I think that's fine. I say, like, keep going. Because you never know. I just, I don't know if it's just the Pens fan in me that's like, listen, you take your foot off the the gas and they'll come back. They will come back. And it's also that you have to keep your team, don't get, don't sit on a lead. Keep going. And then you start playing. This is all, this were all just like exhibition games, right? To get it to, before the start. Yeah. And it's okay, but these are giving your team more confidence. So sorry, Morgan Frost had five points in this game. Good. Feel confident. One of the lower players, like maybe on the fourth, third or fourth line, they got a goal. Good. Build your confidence. Build your confidence so you go in confident against a team like Sweden, against a team like Russia, against a team like the U.S. So it's like, I don't mind it. I mean, at the end of the day, like, does it suck for Denmark? It really does. But it also is like a wake-up call. Like, okay, we can't get embarrassed like this. Like, if we, this is a top team. And if, if we go into this competition... We we're if we can't compete with them, we're not going to let them show us up like this. And I feel like that's it's all a learning experience. 
these kids are trying to get into the play hockey at a high elite level. They're going to have to learn the ups and downs and the good and the bad of the game. I, I think it also puts like the other teams in the tournament like on notice and be like, this is what Canada can do. Like, yeah. you need to step your shit up, USA. Like, get it together. <laughs> Canada's not winning close games. Um, so I have like the scoring leaders on here. So Morgan Frost, Canadian, Flyers prospect. He leads scoring with four goals, three assists for seven points. And next up, we have Team USA's Ryan Pooling. How big is Pooling? Pooling. Ryan Pooling of the Habs. Um, four goals, three assists, seven points. Um, Canada's Maxime Comtois. Of the Ducks, he has five goals, one assist for six points. Philip Kurichev, he's a hawk, he's a Blackhawks prospect from Switzerland with five goals, one assist, six points. And Sweden's Mel Bemstrom, he's a Blue Jackets prospect. Um, he has three goals, two assists, and five points. And I like how, like, it's not all Canadian players. It's not like everyone from one team. It's kind of pretty, um, what's it? Pretty like evenly spread against like the top teams in um, their groups, except for Russia. Yeah, I was gonna say I wish I wish there was a Russian player in there. Russia's so weird to me because they always. Can I just real quick? Yeah. Ryan Poling's Twitter at is Lil Uzi Poling. <laughs> Like I saw when they, when Team USA kept tweeting about him win a uh, scoring goal, I was like, "Who is little Uzi Polis?" And then I was like, "God, I can't stand him. He's always the best." But go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Russia's weird in that like they, they, I don't know. I feel like they always go under the radar a little bit. Like they don't have anyone in top five in terms of points, but they won all their games so far. And so, um, so Sweden's kind of like that too. Like, they're just, like, steady, and then all of a sudden, they're in, like, the gold medal game, and, like, they lose or something. <laughs> or Sweden. I mean, have, like, be compassionate. No, no, no. Well, they're in the USA's group, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who I told last week, but I was like, if Team USA gets out, I'm rooting for Sweden. Oh, no, yeah, I'm like that each tournament. Like I was like I was like you'll never get me rooting for Canada. Oh, absolutely. even though I love Morgan Frost, yeah. he is like like that's that's my baby. <laughs> that's my Flyers little baby. Can we talk about like how the Penguins have zero prospects in that? So they had Caden Allison, did they? Yeah, that he was he was let go. Oh. Well, so they had, Canada's canceled, and I think that's fair to say. They had um, last year. They had Gustafsson. He played for Sweden. Sweden, and they went pretty far, I think. Yeah, he's a good goalie. No, yeah, he's guess really what they good. did? They, they traded him to Ottawa. And he's in the ECHL now. He's in the ECHL. Can we get Can we collect him back? I hope so. For who though? For Sard again. <laughs> Aw, Kelsey! Yeah. That's betrayal. 
But Kelsey said that she looks so happy. I was like, no, get that. Thank you. All right. I mean, the Penguins have drafted. They trade all their good prospects, and then they. Oh, okay. <laughs> but he's been doing really bad, apparently, for the Ducks. Okay, but like, he's only 21. I know. I know. That. He'll get better. Everyone's like, oh, this. look at him now. Like, so what? He'll get better. Talk to me in five years Daniel when he's Strong, like, out of the now. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if he gets really bad, like, then, okay. Okay. Like, I, in five years, like, then, then you could, like, trash me, but I still have faith in him. I believe in him. It's my biggest fear that he's going to be, like, amazing. (laughs) That's, like, what I want for him. And I know, like, when I'm sitting there in pain, watching the Ducks, like, watch him lift the Stanley Cup with the Ducks, I'm going to be crying, but I'll be happy for him. But, like, think of all the other people on the Ducks that would also have That's why I'll be crying. (laughs) That's exactly why I'll be crying. Well, I mean, Hampus Lindholm is a sweet, he's a sweetheart. sweetheart. Isn't Adam Henrique okay, too? Yeah, he's okay, but like he was a devil. So like Ryan Kessler, Ryan Kessler. He'll be too hurt by the time that happens. He'll be he'll retire. Corey Perry, like do we want? Him? He'll be retired by the time they win. John Gibson, no, John Gibson's a good one. Yeah, I was gonna say he's a good one. They're youth. They have good youth. No, yeah, they drafted really well. Yeah, which is so crazy. I mean, they never really win recently, so I guess that's like, why they have good draft picks. Yeah. No, I don't even think it's that because they're usually in the playoffs every yeah, year. Yeah, they are usually in the playoffs. So they're, it's like middle. But they're, so they're like in like what? Like they draft 20th? Yeah, like middle of the road. Yes, and they they never give their draft pick away. How about it? I mean, top 20 is still good. Yeah. If you can pick in the first round, that's good. <laughs> we just never do. <laughs> that's such a Pens fan thing to say. Like if you have a pick in the first round, <laughs> you're doing okay. okay. So speaking are we of. The, on to the yeah. So speaking yeah. of Penguins. As of December 30th, today, that we're recording this, the Penguins are 20, 12, and 6 with with 46 points. They are currently on a five-game winning streak, which, you know, I don't trust it, but it's there. One thing, the Penguins, um, like, every time they go to four games in a row, that Twitter will post, we're going streaking, and every time they lose the next game. But they didn't this time, and so I was really happy. I was nervous. When I saw how much they scored, I was like, what? What? Watching that Blues game, I was like, absolutely not. They're going to lose this. But they they were like, fuck you, Christy. (laughs) (laughs) It's so crazy because, like... I don't, like, the Blues, I've been watching the Blues recently. I don't even know why. I didn't mean why? to. Why? But I think it's because um, the Flyers played them, and then I think Buffalo played them, so I've been, like, watching them. Blues, like, first of all, you guys are all awful. We all know. Mm-hmm. You know you're bad. You know you're trading people. Why are you winning? And then they lose horribly to the Penguins. So, I don't know. I thought that they were better than that, but I guess not. Mm-hmm. So, I think we all can have, like, a round of applause because Matt Murray is back, and it looks like he's here to stay. So, in the month of December, he went 5-0-0. He has a safe percentage in December of .959. 
which as opposed to his November save percentage, which was eight three two. And I like I'm wondering like was he real was he just really injured and he was playing through it or like what happened? He must have been, but at the same time I don't feel like he was out long enough to like have healed from a really big injury. Yeah. Mm. Honestly, I think like this is just me. I think it's the fact that DeSmith has been playing really well and like Murray like um Sullivan really lost confidence in Murray. And I think Murray plays better when like he has something to lose or he has to fight for a spot. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Because I mean, with Flower, he played like insane, and then now he's playing really well. And I also feel like the Pens are playing better in front. The Pens are playing better hockey just in general, so that always helps when they play better defensively in front of him. He play he plays better, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a combination of those two things. I don't think we'll ever really know. Um, (laughs) to be honest, but I do think that he's definitely, like, those, those two coincidences aren't coincidences. I think he really, that matters. Yeah. Yeah. He's been, like, he looks so confident in that, like, he made a glove save yesterday, and he was like, (laughs) and I was like, oh my gosh, Matt Murray making a glove save. I was, I was so excited. But... I hope. I, I think I'm the only person who I think his glove, like he's not that bad with his glove. Like he'll make flashy saves. Yeah. I just feel like I don't think anybody's glove hand is like super strong. Because I saw this one like like this one like graphic of Murray's uh, glove hand save percentage versus Flurry's glove hand save percentage when it was like that whole Murray Flurry thing, and so the, Murray's was better than Flowers. But I think because Flower makes so many like dramatic saves, we're all like. Oh my god, like, look at him, like, whereas, like, Murray will just, like, let it hit his pads and, like, push the rebound out, and we're all just like, okay, like, that's a textbook save, so, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, that's what I always liked about Murray, because with Flower, his flashy saves would give me a heart attack, and I, yeah. I couldn't feel, it's like, I like how Murray is very positionally sound, and, like, he's been making a lot of, like, flashy saves lately, and not, like, it's not because he's, like, out of position. It's just how he's doing it, which I think is, it's like, oh, just keep it up, buddy. Glad they didn't trade him. <laughs> that, I can't even believe people were talking about that. Yeah. Um, do we want to go over dismiss goalie stats for the month? I just, because Murray's is better. We could. But real quick before we move on from Murray, do you guys find, like, what shocked me the most out of the whole thing was, like, Sullivan's, like, kind of, like, fake dismissal of Murray? Like, not dismissal, but, like, there were certain games I'm like, oh, yeah, Murray's starting. And then, like, DeSmith was starting. I'm just like, and this is, like, two weeks in a row. And he's, I just like, okay, Murray's gonna start this one. And then, like, DeSmith would start, and I'm just like, what is going on? Like, he lost confidence in him so quickly. Yeah. And, like, granted, I know he's doing bad, but I always thought that if you're one of Sullivan's guys, you're one of Sullivan's guys. Like, he's gonna have your back no matter what. But now, it was like, uh, Murray got the start against Washington, a huge rival. Um, And then he got the start against, what was it, like, right after, what was it, right after the holiday? What was that game? Hold on. I'm looking it up. Was it the Canes? Yeah. Okay. He played against Detroit. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because he did well against Detroit as well. And then I think, who started against St. Louis? Him. 
Bury. Yeah. yeah, so the Smith still hasn't started. I I mean, I don't see a problem in that though. Because I No, I mean he's like it's like Murray's a starter now. Where it was like before DeSmith was a starter. Yeah. Even before Murray got hurt. Because Murray wasn't playing well. And I think that yeah. like, with forwards and defensemen, like you can kind of like you can't afford to do that with goalies. Like put your not like put your faith in them, but start him if he's not playing well. Whereas like with forwards and like there's more people to cover that up, but like with goalie you're on your own. Yeah. I guess, I mean, that's true. That's fair to say. But I just thought that, like, especially even with Murray being hurt and DeSmith, like, kind of writing the ship for the Pens, like, or helping them write the ship, like, staying steady, like, I thought that they would... I thought that Sullivan would go back to... DeSmith? DeSmith, yeah. Uh, Sullivan's so fake. Like, like, I don't like DeSmith either, but, like... He just, like, dro- will drop any goalie. Thank you. Yes, because that's exactly what I mean. Like, it just is shocking to me that, like, okay, now Murray's your boy, Dad? Interesting. Like, but now he has, there like, were times when I was just like, what is going on? Goalies. Huh? Now he has, like, two number one goalies, so he could just be like, you're starting, you're starting, and yeah, it's that's fine. True. I guess no matter when he has two number one goalies, and this is, like, little, like, bitter back in the day Danielle coming out. <laughs> but, like, I guess when he has two number one goalies, like, he'll still always pick Murray. Oh. Yeah. I remember and that. You know, Remember? I was so series. upset. Like, and I like both of them. That's the thing. I like both of them. But I was just like, why are you treating Fire like that? Whatever. I'm still, like, bitter against, like, Ottawa in the Eastern Conference. East, wait, Stanley Cup Eastern Conference? Mm-hmm. Or- yeah. Whichever game they played. And then, like, Fire did kind of a little bad. But the team played bad. And yeah. he just had and two he went- shutouts before something. Yeah. Two, like, last three. Yeah, wasn't it, like, the second game of that season? No. And, like, hold on, hold on. And Flower got the pegs, Penguins through Columbus and Washington. And then he has a little hiccup in, against Ottawa, and now he's done for the rest of the season? Okay. <laughs> I'm not even, like, I'm, I'm, I, that just baffles me. But like, it's not even about Murray or Flower, it's just, like, it, Sullivan. The way I see it, um, Matt Murray won one and a half cups for the Penguins, and Andre Fleury won one and a half cup for the Penguins, too. So, it, like, it evens out. That's how I see it. So I'm not bitter about it at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, like, I just, I'm, like, I just have so many, like, questions that Sullivan does. Like, I'm always just, like, I'll never, like, fully trust him. I don't think I'll ever fully trust a coach. Okay. Let's move on over. Uh, hold on. Okay, so, dismiss. Okay. So, his stats. So, in the month of December, dismiss went three and two. Scrub. Um, he has a save percentage of .923 in December, um, which is, which has, so his save percentage has gone up um, from the month of November where he was a .92, and he's been pretty, like, consistent for the Penguins, like, nothing's really changed, he's just been getting less starts because our king is back. And how it should which, be. it's, like, crazy, because, like, I really don't like him. But he is so, like, he definitely is, like, a battler. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, even he's, like, getting better. And he's getting, like, less starts and, like, maybe, like, the worst starts because he gets, like, back-to-back yeah. when the team's, like, a little bit more sloppier in front of him. And he's still, like, trying to... And he, he's still improving as a goalie. Even if... I mean, it's a little bit, but definitely both of them are a huge reason why the Penguins are winning right now. Mm-hmm. Like, stabilizing their goaltending. It's, like yeah. I wonder if he knows that a good majority 
of the fan base doesn't like him. But I see, I don't know if it's a good majority because, like, I see people under, like, there's this girl that used to follow me, and I followed her, and she, like, would be like, yeah, to Smith, like, yeah, somehow so happy. And everyone was like, you know, he, like, is an abuser. And she's just like, yeah, like, I'm just talking about the hockey. And, like, the fact that people can, like, separate those two, it's just weird to me. Yeah, like, I can't. I would never say good job. Yeah, like, I can't. I don't know, I can appreciate, not, like, appreciate, but the fact that he, if he was an, like, he's an abuser and he's also bad, then I'd be like, like, I'm, I don't know, I just don't want him on the team anymore, because it's, like, conflicting when he, like, wins, but I don't, like, I don't want to support his, his play, but also I need the Penguins to win, so it's, I just, he should go. I think that's fair. Yes. Yeah, yes. Like, it just, yeah, yeah. Confliction. Like, I was going to say conviction. He was convicted of a crime. But no, it wasn't. I'm just kidding. I'm being dramatic. But it's weird. Yeah, can you go? Just leave. (laughs) Take your target. Take your your girlfriend and go. Yeah, I also feel like he's such a battler. Not to Philadelphia. Sorry. I feel like he's such a battler or whatever because it took him a while to get to the NHL, but, like, it took you a while to get into the NHL because you're an abuser and no one wanted you to play for oh their team. Gosh. Every time, like, one of the Pens announcers will be like, he's had so much adversity. I'm like, tell me more about that. Like, yeah, like, what, like that he caused. Yeah, like, why did he have to play all four years in college? Why did he have to struggle to get into, like, the ECHL? Like, why is that? Um, but anyway, moving on to... Yes. I guess depth scoring, and I wanted to ask, do we have it, or is it fake? I feel like, let me ask this question that I heard. I don't know if it might have been from Jesse's podcast. I don't remember. (laughs) But, is it like, okay, is depth scoring, depth scoring, when it's like, people who normally play lower lineup, but they're just on Sid's wing now? Hmm. Is that really depth scoring? Right. Because, like, Brian Russ started off. I mean, Brian Russ, amazing. Now he got moved up to the top line. Is that really, like, and he scores. Like, is that depth scoring? He's still on the top line. Yeah. And, like, Zach Aston Reese last night. He scored. He scored. He's on Sid's on line. Sid's yeah. line. So I'm not really sure. I don't really think that it is. Like, I think that the scoring would be more looking at the line as a whole, maybe, and how they work together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think our depth scoring is fake. That's why I I, yeah, I, I don't, don't trust this five game win streak. Like it looks like everyone's like everyone's hitting on all cylinders or whatever, but I don't I don't think it's sustainable. Not sustainable, but I just don't think that it's real because like our bottom six still isn't really scoring, and it's just like different people on Sid's Sid's line or like Kessel or Brassard who's scoring. So it kind of looks like everyone's scoring when it's, yeah, that's just not the case. Also, the power play has been yes, good. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The power play has been working its thing. So that's also a reason. <laughs> that's also, like, you know, if the power play scores three times mm-hmm. and they win four to one, yeah. is that depth scoring or is yeah. it just the power play? I also saw a tweet that it was like, um, Broussard scored last game and Kessel scored last game. But still, five on five, they're still very bad. 
So it's like the power play is kind of like masking all these underlying issues, which, sure. And I don't know what to say about Broussard. Is that from Dan? I don't know who it was. Is that from? It was. Because I saw that and I was just like, come on. Like, I don't know. People want Kessel and Broussard to be bad so, so much. It's like relax like i feel like score like scoring like this right now in the middle of the season is fine Mm -hmm. it's fine because that's how you win game that's how you win in an 82 game season if this if we were like at the end of the season and this is this these are the problems and after the trade deadline and everything was set and this is how we were going into the playoffs yeah i'd be like what's going on but an 82 game season when we they literally just need points to get into the playoffs when we all thought they were going to get jack hughes I'm fine with this. I'll take it. I'll take a hot power play. I'll take Kessel and Broussard on the third line scoring. And, yeah. I'll take it, but I'm also, like, cautious. Because I I feel like right now, the power play is where it should have been. Yeah. Like, yeah. And throughout the season, power plays have ebbs and flows, so I'm not that worried about it. in the lead. (laughs) I could not believe that power play was first last season. It was so Do you bad. remember that? Yeah. Like I was like, "What?" This and they're like, bad. "This is the best power play in the, in the, the history. history of the NHL." <laughs> Lies. You can't tell me that's true. And they're like, "Here's the facts, ma'am." And I'm like, "I don't want to see it." Um. So next step we have Chris Letang. And are we on the full Chris Letang for Norris train? Because yes. I am. I've been since the first game of the season. I was like, he's back. Give him what, like, he's due. This is his turn. He, like, anyway. So, um, in 32 games, um, he is, he has eight goals, 24 assists for 32 points. He is sixth in defenseman scoring, and he's fourth in average ice time with around, like, 26 minutes a game. And he's just been amazing. Like he's been, like he's been so good this year. He looks so good. He's so confident. Like it's perfect. I know. And just like compared to last year, it's it's like night and day. It is. I love it. So I looked up. Um, I have like a list of all of the Norris winners from the past couple, like all all the seasons. Um, <laughs> Every and so, season. Every season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hockey reference. Yeah, that's where good. I <laughs> Um, so last year obviously it was Victor Hedman. He had a total of sixty three points, seventeen goals, forty six assists. He was a plus thirty two. Um, and it doesn't give me um average minutes. But I think that like sixty three points we're like almost halfway through the year. I guess we could say. Mm-hmm. About um and so Latang is on pace if he plays every game, God willing, that he would have sixty four points this season. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's doable. I mean, the year before it was Brett Burns. He had like an unreal points year, and he had seventy six points. But the year before it was Drew Doughty, and he had fifty one. Then the year before that was Eric Carlson, and he had sixty six, um, which is around what Chris Latang would probably get this season. And so I just. I think now, like, I, I think before when we used to say Chris Letang for Norris, people would just be like, oh, whatever, like, the Penguins. Penguins fans always just want their guys to, like, win. But I think out of everyone this season, like, 
Chris Letang has been our best player, mm-hmm. hands down. Consistently, um, offensively, he's just been the best player. And I think in the league, like, you can say that. Like, he's he is as valuable as all of the guys I've just mentioned. Yeah, and he's played, like... I don't get it. He's played, like, 30 minutes that one night. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, that's insane. Like, he... That's... Yeah. The way he, like, he has to take care of his body, like really really well there was there was well he does he's like a beast like there was um there was there was a quote i forget where and i should have i think i liked it but i tweet so much i can't find it now but it was like it was like um chris latang was like after you played those like 30 minutes like it was like you're fine doing play those 30 minutes he was like yeah but i like it even better when we have a day off afterwards and it was just like i just thought it was so cute and funny but like, and he's like, he's like 30, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. He's yeah. Like 30, Playing these type of minutes and like, that's just, a, that's impressive. Yeah. And he's always been a defenseman. Like, so Brett Burns was 31 when he won it. And like, he's offensively is like really, really, was really, really good. And like, but he was a forward too. And I feel like that should factor in it as well. But Chris Letang plays all the tough minutes. He's on the power play, the penalty kill, five on five. He's just been crushing it every in every aspect of the game. So I feel like it's very fair. It's very realistic for us to say Chris Letang for Norris. And I don't want to hear anyone say, oh, Penguins fans, you're always just like trying to get you guys in there. I don't care. Which, like, doesn't everyone want their team to like yeah. be the winner? I think. Yeah, but I feel like it's like sometimes with the peng- Penguins, it can be gaudy because when you have Sid, Gino, and uh, Kessel being in the top, when they were like top five in scoring. Yeah. And then it was like when Sid and Gino both were vying for the Rock of Richard. And so it was like every like every big name thing, there was a Penguins person in there. And then us trying to play Chris Letang. And then people were like, shut up. <laughs> but for real, best time. But I feel, yeah, no, I but feel for, like no, a for lot real. Of, Everyone else sucks. Chris Letang. With the Norris, I feel like a lot of it is like, oh, this player is due. So then yeah. they kind of like look at past performances and that's how a lot of players win. Like, I think Dowdy, like, a couple of years ago, I feel like that was completely... Yeah, he had 51 Yeah, points that was completely a based full on season. his reputation. And I didn't really get to look, but I don't think Latang has ever finished, like, yeah. top five, top ten in, like, Norris okay. voting or anything. So I think we just need to start a campaign on Twitter. Just be like, Chris Latang for Norris until the writers see it, and they all vote that Chris Latang yeah. should win the Norris. It's like... He's due. He's due. He has three cups. He's been doing this almost by himself for like 10 years. And he he just deserves it. And he should just have it. Like, it doesn't make sense that he's never even been top whatever, top five or anything. Like, he's been in the league for 11 years. And it's like a consensus that he is um, really good. But... I thought it was really funny. I was looking at plus minus and he, a lot of the top guys that are plus minus, like are really high up in like the plus minus rating is them. And it's their like defensive pair. <laughs> but like um, Dumo's really high up there, but like Chris Letang is not <laughs> 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 like Chris, Chris Letang is probably like plus 10 or whatever. And Dumo's like plus 22. So I think that just shows how much more Letang's out there and how like more, like how he's like more riskier or whatever, and just <laughs> he's out there more, so he's and and let's not forget this season. Um, Chris Letang had to play with Jack Johnson. Yes. Yeah, 
So he was taking the tough matchups and with a, a an worse partner. So, yeah. And I think another thing that Chris Letang is like his injury history, mm-hmm. which people like want to always bring up, which is fair. I get that. But if he played like God willing, he plays all the rest of the season. Like you can't say anything. Like, he has more points like in his career than Paul Coffey. And Paul Coffey was seen as like a really good defenseman. I don't know. I don't know if Paul Coffey ever won the Norris, but then if Paul Coffey has won with l- less numbers, yeah, then Chris- Paul Coffey has won three times. Yeah, so Chris Letang should win one. Paul Coffey, do you remember when Chris Letang passed him and Paul Coffey was like, "He's a good kid," and I was like, "This is a thirty-year-old man. Like, I'm charmed that you called him a kid. Like, he has kids, but he's a kid. Yeah, like I like he's a that." Child. I like when, like, people get grandpa. Like, he just got grandpa. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Okay, so fun fact. Ooh. Brian Dumoulin is second among all defensemen in plus minus with tw- plus 22. And he's only behind Morgan Riley, who is plus 25. So Brian Dumoulin is elite. He should get the Norris next. Um... And we should all just let that be known. Put that out there in the universe. Brian Dumoulin, everyone. Offensive defenseman, Brian Dumoulin. Also, I might get attacked for saying this, but, like, Morgan Riley should be captain. Should get a C. Oh, yeah. And I'll, all I'm saying is that Brian Dumoulin... Is next. Is next in line. Like, I think everyone should, you know, I don't know. We don't know when Sid will ever retire. <laughs> um, probably not. Sid, 55 but... years old. <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> and like Brian Dublin just has the A. The a. It's like, kind of like Zadana Charma and Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they ain't giving it up. <laughs> oh, Patrice. He's so sweet. Uh, but Charma's still out there. He's still helping the Bruins. He's like their like, best defenseman. And also, like, because of you guys, I realize he's also like a great person. Yeah, he's, he's sweet. Very good. A stand up captain. Yeah. Like, he's a sweetie. Um, yeah. So how do we feel about offensive defenseman, future Norris winner, Brian Dumoulin? I, I support him. I'm getting ready. I'm getting the facts to start the campaign as we speak. He's done. <laughs> I might get a jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jake Gensel. He's paid. Yeah, paid. paid. So, he signed six years, $30 million. And I think next year is like seven million, and then it goes five, seven, five, seven, something like that. Um, it's, it's some AV of six million. No, he signed five years, six, five years, six million. Um, in 160 games played, he has 54 goals, 61 assists, and 115 points, not counting playoffs. So, how do we feel about that? I concerned for Jake. I feel like he didn't get enough protection. Yes. Especially yes. like with a lockout looming. Yeah. I'm worried for him. He doesn't have any signing bonuses. He just has a big salary. salary. Oh, okay. So that means in the lockout year he doesn't get paid at all. Yeah. Okay. But like who's his agent? Is it his dad? Like, who did that? No, but his agent was like, I would have, because I remember they asked him, um, or they asked his agent, 
like what would you have done like the the William Nylander thing? And his agent was like, I would have loved to do that because I would have tried to get Jake more money, but he def he wanted to stay in Pittsburgh, so he was like happy with this. Yeah, because he has like a modified no trade like the last couple years. Yeah, but it's like Jake, you also need to get paid that for that year. Like, well, maybe he's optimistic and he doesn't think that we're gonna go to a lockout. No, we're definitely. Oh no, I believe so. Maybe he doesn't. Yeah, because why couldn't he do like? how Tavares and Nylander did like 700k base salary and the rest signing bonuses um I'm not sure I guess I don't know why doesn't everyone just think about it does anyone have signing bonuses yeah that's where a lot of people's getting most of their money on the penguins penguins. penguins. because like I don't think Sitter Gino has that but they're from like a different time (laughs) Oh, man. Wait. Does he... yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, so he played... So the lockout will be on the what year? Not next year. Not the year after that. So... Okay. Well, I mean, honestly, he has $6 million, which he'll probably get, like, $3 million next year. So... Like, because don't they have to, like, split half of it with, like, taxes and, like, the NHL and stuff? So, oh, like, escrow? Like, escrow? Yeah. 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 So he'll have $3 million. If he blows $3 million in one year, like... Three billion should last you, can last you two years. Yeah, I just think um, that that year that's going to be the lockout. It's just like guaranteed six million dollars that you're not going to get, and that kind of that sucks. But I'd rather have so. Okay, so when the lockout goes and all the people didn't get player protection and it's back on again, do they get that money that they didn't get that lockout year? I don't think so because they get paid um, as the season goes on. They don't get it like immediately so that because if it if there's no season that year they don't get that money i don't think so i don't think so that's crazy i mean that's they need to check that on the cba because that's wild <laughs> but i mean even if oh yeah that kind of sucks for you jake then i thought you would get that money he's back. banking all that milkshake money <laughs> oh okay but seriously he probably made like a ton there's this there uh, there's a guy mike He's a, he has his own podcast, the Penguins podcast, and he said that there's like a there's a shake, there's a, that shake place right by his job, and so he gets shakes every everything, and he's like his stomach is just destroyed. Ew. He can't keep doing it, but every time they'll do it, like he'll get it. <laughs> look at that, Bob. He just goes, he gets it. Why not? Like, stop it! It's so rich, Christy. Like you don't understand. Like, I can't even look at it. Probably. Like it's it's rich for me, and I'm like the, I'm the most least lactose intolerant person. You just have to do it fast. Like, drink it fast. Yeah, it's worse. It's worse. No, drink it fast so your body doesn't know what's happening <laughs> until later. Then it's just like no. No, my body like the second dairy touches my stomach, I know. <laughs> it's like I can't. And it's like it's not even just like regular dairy. It's like dairy inside of dairy inside of dairy inside of dairy inside of dairy. Inside of dairy. And then, like, then he has a nerve to have that little chocolate 59, and you have to, like, try to eat some of it, and it's just, like, the richest chocolate, you're just, like, too much. The second time we went to the place when we were in Pittsburgh, I couldn't get it. I had to get, like, a, like, subdued shake. I got the cookie dough one, and it was really good. Could you get, like, can you get it without, like, dairy milk? Or is it all? Like, you gotta get 
full fat. I mean, I don't know if you can make substitutions to it. It was like that place is literally always packed. So like you have to like get in, get out. Yeah, that's like, you have to know what you want. People are trying to get their jake shit. I'm that person. That's like, can I have this? But can we just do it with almond milk and then just with fake cheese? Like, can we can we just do this? Because I can't. I can't. And they're just like, ma'am, get out. <laughs> at, at Starbucks, when I order, like, the breakfast sandwiches or whatever, which are probably really gross and bad for me, I'm always just like, can you just just take the cheese off? Like, I know it's in, like, a little package, but you could just open it and just take it off. Like, I don't mind. Just please get rid of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to finish with the penguins on injuries. No! So, yesterday... Brian Russ, he got injured. I think he didn't play after the second period. He only played like five minutes last night. So he's listed day to day with a lower body injury. And Olimata, he's out. I don't know, but in practice, I think he's he was missing from practice um, today. He's out, and he's listed day to day with a lower body injury. Also, I have something to say, but it's controversial. No, I know what I you're know gonna say, I and I don't want to hear. <laughs> Like, okay, wait, listen, listen, please, okay? <laughs> I I don't think the Finnish pairing has been the best. Mm. Okay. So if this splits them up for a bit, I'm not as upset. Okay. I don't want to see Olimana hurt. Never. I love that kid. He's a, he's a sweet boy. But I just, I haven't liked that finished pairing as much as I thought I would. And I don't know. Like, even Ricola getting that goal last night still didn't, like, warm me up to it. You know? Who is it on the pairing? I just think defensively they're not that good. And then even offensively, I haven't been seeing, like, great stuff from them. Mm. Well, always not that offensive to like begin with yeah but i thought the beginning of the year ricola would like step up into the play and like he would get like really good point shots um but or shots in from the point um but i just i don't know i i just haven't liked that pairing i don't i don't know if it's doing really well um stats wise but i haven't been a fan who is um johnson playing with Peterson. Oh, right. Or maybe Peterson is the He's Swedish. Swedish. So, yeah, it's probably Peterson. Mm. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, Alexiak, they were saying he's okay to play, but they sat him, which I don't mind. I never mind a player getting an extra game, especially with a concussion. But um, they said that they don't want to mess with the lines too much. The defensive pairings, actually, I should say. Um I mean, I'm guessing he'll come in for Oli when they play next, but what do we think about that? I think that's very bold of them to say. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to mess with the defensive pairings. And, like, okay, so it's just very, like, what? Because you have one good defensive pairing. Yeah. You have one good one. That's it. So what are you talking about? Like, okay, I will say Jack Johnson and Marcus Peterson have not been horrible together, but they're a, they're a third pairing defensive defensive pair. Oh, sorry, I said that weird, but 
they're not going to push offense. And what what you can what what you should want from them is to you know hopefully be able to like get out of your own zone into the neutral zone and switch the pairings. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why they would want to put Alexiak in there, but I think the only rational idea I could get is that like they want to start them off slow, but they don't want to push the third pairing to the second pairing. But why don't you? take Marcus Peterson and put him on the second pair and try him with, ideally I would have said Olimata, but I, I mean, now I don't know, but I mean, Alexiak and Jackson aren't that good. Johnson aren't that good, but what are you going to do? Like, I mean, when I say not that good, not that good together. Sorry. I mean, but, but also like, Johnson, it's point, not like, very good. Do? Bench Johnson yeah, and Rue Weedle. What'd you say? Bench Johnson and get Ruweedle. They set Ruweedle down. But wh- okay, but what happens when Justin Schultz gets back? Bench Johnson. I think. Because <laughs> in my I head, think I think realistically, I think Ricola gets sent down. Uh, yeah. Or they carry seven defensemen because wait, well, yeah. Although they'll still be carrying seven defensemen. I would love to see when Justin, it's just like when Justin Schultz comes back, everything, like you just have so much like options, flexibility and like, ah, like it's just like, okay, we have some pairs we can juggle. Like, okay. When Justin Schultz comes back, I would love to see like Justin and Oleksiak together, or we could go with Old Faithful, which isn't that good uh, statistically, but they're good. They pass my eyes test, which is Justin Schultz and Oleksiak. And my heart test. I like them together. And then I wouldn't be upset if I saw a little Justin Schultz, Marcus Peterson. Like, I just, there's so many different, like, he's just like, Justin Schultz is like a pair of really good shoes that you can wear, like, with different outfits. Yeah. And it's just like, it's freeing. It's like, oh, wow, okay, like, yeah, I like you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, are we done with the Penguins? Yeah, surprisingly. Like, I didn't realize I had that much to say on the Penguins. But yeah, I was just like, they just went in. So, so last but definitely not least, the Dallas Stars. So, it's been a very exciting week for them. So, just to preface or whatever. So, in the past 39 games, they are 20, 16, and 3 for 43 points. They're in a second wild card spot. Um, their top three scorers on the team are Tyler Sagan with 39 points, Alex Vajilov with 31 points, and Jamie Benn with 30 points. Tyler Sagan has 33 points, sorry. Um, yeah, and the next, after the top three, the next highest person in terms of scoring is Jason Spezza with 21 points in 31 games. So, that's the Dallas Stars this season, and the Stars CEO, Jim Lights, Lighties, I don't know his name. So, to The Athletic, he said, they're fucking horseshit, and I don't know how else to put it. And on Tyler Sagan, he said, he's been playing on the periphery, and I've been in this business forever. I've been with Steve Eiserman and his bad seasons, and what you'll find is goal scoring is a dirty business. You've got to go to hard places. And Tyler, last last year, I saw him really perform and get into the difficult spots this year. 
I've seen him as we as a week four checker, slow to action, not getting it done, and he's hit a lot of posts. He's had some bad puck luck, but he's not getting dirty. I don't know what it is. I'm not accusing him of being without character, but we're not getting it done. And on the captain, Jamie Ben, he said, Jamie Ben hasn't scored a goal from longer than five feet all year. He makes plays in the neutral zone that if my kid had done in squirts, he'd be benched. Am I wrong? He turned the puck over three times yesterday on plays if Dennis Gurinov had done had done that, he wouldn't have seen the light of day. We pay these players to be the best players on our team, and they are consist- consistently out-efforted and outperformed by everyone, everyone, everybody else's best players. So, that's a lot. I was just going to say that I, for some reason, have never heard of a hockey team CEO. <laughs> I was yeah. Like, that was like GM. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, so how is it ranked? Is it owner, CEO, GM? President, because there's a president, too. Yeah, there's a president. Isn't I think the, the president usually CEO the could be. GM? Yeah, but not normal, not necessarily. Okay. Yeah, I was confused. Because, like, in the Flyers organization, it was... Um, Paul Holmgren is the president, and um, and Hextall, Hextall was the GM. So I think it's just like different how their like front office operates. Okay, they can have different ones. So should I go into the Jamie and Tyler's responses first? Okay. So Tyler Sagan's response. So Jamie and I hear the message. I think the whole team hears it. We know that we have to play better and understand that. So we're going to continue to work every day and keep on getting better. I come to the rink every day, you know. The stars are my heart and they're my team. And then they asked him if he spoke to lights. And basically he was like, no. And so it comes as a little bit of surprise there, I guess, in one aspect, because I didn't know how he felt. So it comes as a bit of a bit of a surprise. I think our organization needs to be better. I think everyone is frustrated the last couple of years, and it came, it kind of came down on us. And then he said, I forgot the question, but he was kind of like, I mean, my phone is out there. My number is out there. I'm not complaining about posts. I'm not, I'm not, well, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not whining about it. If anyone asks how, my, how many posts I've hit, I say, yes, of course I do. (laughs) I'm a hockey player. I'm a goal scorer. But I'm going to continue to grind, continue to shoot, and continue to get to those areas and try to score goals. So Jamie Jamie was like, um, if they asked him if he's seen, like, what he felt, how he felt about the comments, he was just, like, interested. I read the article, and it is what it is. People have their opinions on the outside, and all it really is is noise. When there's a situation within the organization, I try to keep it within the organization and deal with it face-to-face. I come to the rink every day and wear the Dallas Stars jersey proudly and play hard for the fans, my teammates. Um, And on if he preferred if lights talked to him, he basically just said, yeah, I think so. And and he was like, "Um, I think everyone looks at the numbers and that's the easiest thing to look at. The point production isn't where it could be or should be, so it's easy to point that out. And I think he also talks about how, like, he talked to other players, like, around the league, players who are playing now and players who have played, and just, he's just talking to people because he was like, my phone blew up. 
And then he was like, but I'm not going to tell you anything that anyone said. So there. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And then so the CEO had their comments. Jamie and Tyler had their comments. And then after that, someone had tweeted how Hockey Night in Canada apparently said to the NHL, said that the NHLPA would be looking into the um, lights comments or whatever. And then Elliot Friedman reported on whether he asked the stars owner whether or not they would be open to trading Jamie or Tyler. And he was like, our best players have to be our best players. This is not about trading anyone. This is not about firing anyone. We are in danger of missing the playoffs for the third straight year. And this team is built to win and contend now. We need to take advantage of this opportunity that we have in front of us. And then Friedman continued to say that he wouldn't say more. But if they miss the playoffs, there will be fallout. And that was a lot of reading. And that was a lot. <laughs> so what do you guys think about the Dallas Stars and the Ben Sagan saga? Uh, okay, I'll go first. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, I think that's like a completely shitty thing to do um, that the CEO did. Like, I... If there's, you got to keep it professional. I mean, hockey's a business, obviously. So don't put your dirty laundry out in the air. Like, if you have a problem, you should go to the source. Um, and I, I think that the, the thing that baffles me is that, like, I don't necessarily think it's Ben and, or Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan's fault. And I think it's very funny that they, that the owner would say this team is built to contend now because no, you're not. <laughs> your defense looks bad. You shirt up your goaltending, sure. And then you have three star players that normally play on a line together. And then after that, who do you have? Your defense, you have one of your prospects that you just picked third overall. He's doing it like two years ago in 2016. So you're not built to win now. <laughs> you're like in the middle. Like you, I think you need to be realistic about your team. And the problem would you need to look at your GM because are you signing players as like Jeff or uh, Jeff Carter or Sk- Jeff Skinner was available? I mean, I know he had, he like vetoed some trades and stuff like that, but like there's goal scorers that were available and you didn't get them. Your center depth, you have like you said, Chrissy said earlier, Jason Spezza is their second or their third score highest scoring player. 31, I mean, 21 points in almost 40 games. That's not, like, that's not good. So, if you need, if you have a prop, like, I just feel like if you feel like your leaders on the ice needed to step up, you could say it to them. But I think overall, you need to look at your team and be realistic with yourself because the stars are not built to win. You're not a Winnipeg. You're not a Tampa. You're not a Washington you're not Toronto. So I really don't... You're exactly where your team seems to be, uh, like fighting for a, a wild card spot. I I also feel like he was like, our top players need to be our top play, like the top players on our team. And like, they are. <laughs> like yeah. Jamie Benn, Alexander Adolf, and Tyler Sagan, they're leading the team in scoring. And it's like, just because they're not where you think that they should be doesn't mean like they're not trying like they have a whole team around them 
and they're do- they're doing what they can with what they're work with what you put in front of them. So I don't I don't understand where these comments are coming from because it's not them that's making the team lose. It's everyone around them. I don't know. I just and like just one more thing. Like okay, are they where they need to be? Absolutely not. Because with what Tyler has. 33 points i mean the top nikita kudrov has 63 points right now and tyler sagan is making more than nikita kudrov which i mean listen again i'm not bashing tyler sagan i get like i'm just saying that like high star players are performing right now but look at the team that nikita kudrov is on they're set up to win now these are teams that like players on teams that are winning that are in the win now mode are performing like this. Mark Shifley, 49 points. Mitch Marner, 53 points. Uh, I guess we could say Colorado is in a win now. They're like the beginning of a win now, but they have a dynamic first line. So I just feel like, again, you're calling out these players. Are they doing their best? No, but look at the team that they're on. Like, if they have to go against top players every single game and you're not getting any production from your second, third, or fourth line... Yeah. Like, it's kind of hard for the top players to defend against top players and then score on top And it's easy to shut down one-line teams, especially because Tyler Sagan is not Patrice Bergeron. Like, they're not really a shutdown line. They're made to produce. So it's like if they're going against top lines every night that know that if they shut down this line, they can win, then they're not going to put up points. And I feel like just because they're having a down year, that's when you need everyone else to step up. Like if like if Sid's not producing, that's why you have Bill Kessel. That's why you have Evgeny Malkin, so they can step up to like cover for them. And the stars don't have that. And you can't blame Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn because you guys don't have depth store depth scoring. Like I'm sorry. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway. It just baffles me. I'm sorry. One last thing. It just baffles me how like owners and players and people will bash the players instead of like or criticize the players before they criticize the coach or the GM. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I always think like, okay, you want to bash this player? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, but look at their situation they're in. Who are they being? Like, look at their line mates. Who are they? Their comp, quality of competition. What defensive pair are they getting paired out there with? Miro Heiskanen. Heiskanen is this is his first year in the in he's, the in the top NHL. Five scoring, the top scoring on the team. Exactly, he's and he's doing great. But it's just like he's going against top players that can expose him because they are used to being in the NHL. Like, I just don't understand how you can just like bash players you need to look at your gm and look like what have you done for this team what have you what changes have you made besides goaltending have like have you done to this team that is helping us win now that's crazy to me yeah it's also rude and uh, like that's a horrible business tactic and the fact that he like called the media like in and made sure that it was on the record like this wasn't leaked this was like yeah like that's that's very much like, oh, I'm going to say this to, like, fire you up. But I feel like Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan, and I guess Alexander Radulov, they cannot do more than what they're doing. Like, they're tired. <laughs> like, there's, like, if they have to carry the team, like, eventually, like, you're going to get tired. 
And I do think a lot of it falls on Jim Neal because um, their coach is new. They just hired him. So, like, whatever. If he's not that good, whatever. But this is who is – this is who came up with this roster. Like, it's not – Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan's fault that there's no one around them to help produce. And maybe if you had more people, like more quality players, you could split that lineup and then like you can have more even scoring. I don't know. I just get so, I get really defensive of Tyler Sagan, which is really annoying because I hate him. <laughs> but like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Because especially because Jamie and Tyler, they seem to really enjoy playing in Dallas and they seem to like really like the team and like they're good leaders on the team. So to call into question like their effort and their leadership when you're not in the room every day, you don't see what they're doing. You just see like a random game that you decided to show up at and then base base it off of that. I just think it's ridiculous, to be honest. But yeah, this is why I'm not a CEO of a hockey team (laughs) that must be so frustrating though for jamie and tyler i know it's like what can they do right like they can't do anymore what you said when you were like they do both genuinely seem to like playing in dallas like they both made sure to say in the responses like i love like i i play for the stars i play for the fans and then like for tyler to say like this is my team i was like it, like do you, and then like all the flashback of just like the Boston drama just yeah. like flashed before my eyes and I was like you're gonna call it a question like this kid like genuinely likes Dallas yeah. which I don't I feel like he grew up a lot in Dallas compared to in Boston and like they gave him a letter which I feel like he, he I feel like he really earned it like getting yeah. a letter and like, he doesn't he, take it yeah lightly. like he is actually a leader on that team so to call into question, like, his effort and his, like, I, I don't, I'm not a fan. But, yeah. What else was I going to say about Dallas? I do feel like they're in a playoff spot right now. And they were in the playoff spot when he made those comments. So I'm just, like, I'm a little confu- confused. It's not like they're Chicago or something, like. They're kind of in the hunt, I guess. So I was confused about that. And it was funny looking at the differences and, like, the length in Tyler's comments and the length in, like, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie's. <laughs> like, I think for one question, Jamie was just like, no. <laughs> yeah, that's how all his posts, like, when he's interviewed, his I used to watch his postgame. Oh, gosh, there's nothing season. going on back there. No, it's just, like, literally just, like, the cow eyes and then, like, hockey, and that's it. I saw him talking on one of the um, intermissions last night. They were showing his, like, response to this. And, I mean, I know it can be awkward to, like, talk about this, but they – it seemed like such a struggle for him to get the next word out. I was like, yeah, speak like an adult? (laughs) No, I think they really, like – he really struggles to talk. That's so funny because like I didn't realize it, but when I first got into hockey, I watched a lot of Stars games. Me too. But that was when Lindy was the coach. Mm. And um, when I used to like Lindy and like support him. Do you want to talk about like the Islanders and Toronto and how 
That was fun. Oh. I actually needed yeah, the Leafs to win. And I know. Tavares let me down once again. He lets everyone down. That's what he does. Because he's a snake. Wait, why did you want Toronto to win? Because the Islanders are like two points back of the Penguins. And Oh, okay, okay, okay. That makes yeah. sense. I actually didn't even know they were playing. And I, when I saw the the final, because first, I normally, I try to limit all the Leaf stuff on my timeline. Like, I really do. Like, I mute people's names. I mute people. Like, I try. But everyone, all I kept seeing was, like, everyone was, like, Islanders fans, like, being mad at Tavares is stupid. Like, they need to get over well, like, it. And I was just like, I think it's, what? I think it's so funny because aren't, isn't this the same fan base that boos Phil Kessel when he comes to Toronto yes. and he was traded? Like, he didn't yes. leave on purpose. Like, I just think that's... I think it's really funny coming from Leafs fans. They boo a man that brought the the Stanley Cup to a hospital in Toronto. Right. Like, he considers Toronto, like, his second home. Leafs game... Wait, no. The Toronto Islanders game. Did you see what Valtteri Filippola did to, like, those two... The two defensemen, I think it was like who were the defensemen? Ojiganov and yeah. and like Dermot, I think. Tyler Carrick's over there somewhere laughing. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, fold <laughs> the franchise for that alone. That's an embarrassment. Okay, but can like Valtteri Filippola? I have a question. Why could you do that for Philadelphia? You dirty bitch. <laughs> You've never played like that. I'm sick. He of didn't it. play like that for the I'm Lightning disgusted. either. Yeah, but the Lightning, like, so what? Like, they have too many good players. Like, enough. Like, it's too much. Like, they come in waves. It's just ridiculous. And then they give you a little bit of hope. Like, you'll score, like, eight goals against them. And you're just like, oh, my God. Like, maybe we can beat Tampa. And then they score the ninth one. And you're just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, they're, and then it's like, everyone's like, Tampa's so good. Tampa's so good. And, like, I even say it myself. But then they're, like, giving up six goals on, like, five shots. And then they win. Yeah, the Haskins. And then, and then when they win, they're always so excited. It's like, we knew you were going to win anyway. Like, stop <laughs> acting. You're fake. Oh, did we even talk about the Tavares thing? Uh, I mean... Do you want to talk about it? I just... I don't know. I, I feel for Islanders fans when it comes to this. Because, like, he dragged them along, like, all season. Yeah. And they were going to trade him. And if he was going to leave anyway... And he was, and he felt like he was going to go to Toronto anyway. Why didn't he just let them trade him so they could get a return for yeah. it? Yeah. So I can see why Islanders fans are like mad, and I, I obviously like I don't want anyone to wish him like death threats or whatever. But I also don't think I feel I don't think that they should expect like the Islanders fans like kiss the ground that he walks on every time someone mentions his name. And in yeah. Toronto, he's putting up about the same amount of numbers, like, points-wise, as he did in, in for the Islanders. So I feel like it's just flashier now because he's on Toronto. I don't know. I just – I needed the Leafs to win for the Penguins, but the fact that the Islanders won, I'm not mad at it. And when he comes back to Brooklyn slash Long Island – I'm I I wouldn't be surprised if he was met with booze and resistance because yeah. just the kind of people that people from Long Island are 
and I don't know, he he did do them dirty. Like people don't yeah. like to say that, but he did them dirty. People are so quick to tell other people how to be a fan. Like you guys need to stop booing Tavares. Like you guys need to stop. get over being mad. Like first of all, he was their franchise. Don't tell me what to player. do. Exactly. And that the okay, it was their franchise franchise player and it was their captain. And they the fans had to deal with a shitty team as well. Tavares got paid to be there, whereas the fans paid to be there. So don't tell people how to feel because you because now he's on your team. It's like a bad breakup. Give people time yeah. and stop telling them I feel what like to do. I've, I just I feel like you I understand him wanting to play in Toronto. Like Especially, like, that's, like, the biggest market in hockey, and that's, like, where he's from. Like, I understand that, but I also feel like there was a better way for him to go about it. So that concludes this episode of Where's My Stick? Feel free to follow us on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. Um, Don't forget to leave us any feedback, questions, and don't forget to like and subscribe. The end. Bye. 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 Thank you.